Um, there's a video, and it was going to be shown now, but I want it to cue a little, just a hair later. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. You can have it ready for my whimsical desires. <laughs> this is an interesting subject this morning. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's close to my heart. It's a little difficult. It's sometimes um, the pink elephant in the room, you know, or the, you know, the king with no clothes. I know what I would tell him, you know, that one. <laughs> but, um, but it's one I think that's very important. Because uh, after Ron's testimony, you're going you're gonna to pick up, like, what are you talking about, John? After Ron Yerudi shared the testimony of his healing of his shoulder, and some of you maybe were not here, um, but he was diagnosed with, like, 90% tear for his rotator cuff or something. He went in, and it was only, like, a little 10%, and they didn't do anything to it. It was like, whoa. And, uh, and so that really impacted Ron. Well, hopefully it impacts us as well. Um, you know, that God, man, he gives us a, a, an amazing gift. And I've, I talked probably two Sundays on, on gifts. First of all, the gift that God gave to the whole world. One gift to the whole world. His very own son, Jesus Christ, right? And when we receive that gift, when we believe and trust and rely on Jesus Christ for our salvation, for and what all that entails, which is huge, um, that our lives don't have to be a waste. You know, they can have purpose within the eternal kingdom of God. Uh, then we become a part of his family. We become part of what we would call the church, the, the church universal, the, the church worldwide, past, present, future, right? We become a part of that family and that that church, the bride of Christ, uh, there are other, other terms they're used. But then God gives the church or us, his family, gifts as well. And we talked about apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, right? We talked about then the, the um, 1 Corinthians 12 gifts and how they serve. They're supernatural. They're spiritual, highly spiritual and they don't come from us, but they are given to us to give to each other, right? Just the way God wants it to happen. You know, and when we, when we do it any other way, that, that it's a perversion. I mean, that's a strong word. I didn't use it when I preached it, but that's the way I see it. And then there, there are li- there's a list of very helpful, practical gifts in Romans 12. And... Uh, if I if I use the wrong reference to somebody that's a biblical scholar, correct me, and I'm okay with that. Um, and things like giving, like leading, like administration, and those are those are spiritual in nature, uh, but they're practical in expression, and so that's good. So we're talking about gifts. We're talking about that that testimony that Ron gave and how how important. And uh, we all have responses to that, uh, depending on several things. First of all, our experience. And I want to talk particularly about physical healing today. We have all kinds of responses. We remember things from our past. We, We know what we believe about what the Scripture says. But we're not sure that everything that's happened in our life 
aligns perfectly. And so we, we're challenged to look at where does faith enter this? Where does grace enter this whole scenario, this whole understanding of physical healing? Where does medicine enter? Where does the tremendous knowledge that God has graced mankind with that we call medicine? And uh, where does that fit within, within our faith context? Um, these are important questions. And most of us ask those questions, but sometimes when we're in our Bible study, we just want to express our faith and look good. Roll the video, please. Natasha, um, about 10, 11 years ago, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. He had multiple myeloma, which is cancer of the bone marrow. And almost at the same time, my good friend Jamelin also discovered she had cancer. Uh, my name is Jamelin Gay, and when I was 23 years old, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, my name is Terry Phillips, and I found out two years ago that I have multiple myeloma, which is a blood cancer that, long story short, can attack your bones. Um, I had just moved to Columbus. I was out of college and just started a new job. Um, didn't have medical insurance at the time because I'd always been very healthy. And so um, when I started having some health problems over a period of months, I figured out that something just didn't seem right and I needed to go to the doctor. And through some tests, they told me that I had cancer and um, I really just kind of had to start from there. Going to the doctor about every eight weeks for blood work, x-rays, different things like that. So it's kind of been an ongoing saga. Just finished up 10 radiation treatments for some bone lesion that, they, that I had on my rib. And, so that's kind of the, the situation that I've been living with for the last two years. And so these two people in my life were both battling this illness. And I really felt led to fast once a week on Friday and pray for their healing. And so every Friday during my lunch hour, I just would pray for the both of them. And Jamelin uh, received treatment and things went really well and she's healthy today. Hodgkin's disease is a very curable cancer, um, but at the same time, nobody can say whether a treatment is gonna be effective for you or not. And so, you know, at the end of the day, when medicine can't guarantee things, it's just, you know, your faith in God that he's going to heal you or not. And so, for me, I just think it was in his will and it's just part of my life story that I'm still here. Um, but my dad, had cancer for about seven years and then he passed away and um, I'm very happy for my friend and thrilled that today she's married and she's a mom and really very healthy um, but I miss my dad and I don't I don't know why the answer was yes for her and no for him um, I, I think the battle that I have had most often with 
having to deal with this and and fighting me, you know, from a religious perspective is the devil. I mean, he gets a hold of me all the time and says, you know, why hasn't God healed you yet? Why hasn't he taken this away from you? Why are you going through what you're going through? Um, You know, and, and every day I find myself having to tell him to go away. And, and making sure that Jesus knows that he's the center of my life and that I'm trusting in him no matter what comes. I don't like the fact that sometimes I downplay that God was still involved in that treatment and that he was still ultimately the one in charge of what would happen to me. And so it's not fair that I that I kind of cut him out of the scenario. So they have to be meshed together, you know, and, and I'm just glad that he uses to be able to treat us, you know? I think, obviously, in some cases, people have life to live and, through the healing, maybe have a spiritual transformation and then can be used to help other people. Um, Sometimes healings are miraculous and there's no other explanation other than divine intervention. Sometimes healings are more conventional with modern medicine. But sometimes, I, I don't believe there are unanswered prayers. I just think sometimes the answer is no, which can be really hard to take. I want to do something. Uh, how many could identify with that girl? Yeah, most of us can't. We had a, uh, when we were young parents, uh, Jay and Sally Fishburne had a son named Stuart. And uh, he was involved in an accident driving a dump, dump truck down from Highlands. Um, is that 76, 26, was that? The Clayton Road. And, uh, Apparently, a lady had a heart attack anyway, came in front of him, and he was in the hospital for quite a a long time, and we were young and full of faith, and we were praying fervently for healing for Stuart, and many of you can identify with this. Most of you probably can. Long story short, Stuart died. He was 21. He was 20 young. The Wrights, uh, Ryan Stewart Wright, named after him, our, our, excuse me. Our Stuart Nelson is named after him. Kathy and I were supposed to sing at his wedding. And, uh, of course, that never happened. <clears throat> We prayed for Mike Gerhardt. But Ron was healed. He said that we would raise the dead. I've heard stories. I've never seen it. Anybody seen that? I want to build your faith this morning, but I'm not going to build it on some false premise. Amen? 
God is real. Sometimes He's more real than we are. Are you with me? Sometimes we make little worlds that, that feel comfortable to us. But those aren't the real world. And that's not faith. That's not what I lay me down for. That is not the grace that is enough. That is some fairy tale world that we create. God doesn't need a fairy tale world. He doesn't need us to create anything. He needs us to respond to His love and believe and trust in Him no matter what. He says clearly, by His stripes we are healed. I believe that. Somebody asked me last Sunday, what is this? A child asked me, what is that? What is that? This is anointing oil. Because we believe what the Scripture says. And we will walk by faith in the instruction of the Scripture no matter what the outcome. No matter what the outcomes have been in our past and how we view them. We walk by faith and not by sight. Is it difficult sometimes? Yes. Is it okay that you doubt sometimes? Yes. You need that permission. You need to understand that it's okay. But all of us, if we live long enough, will discover that there is, there is nothing more valuable than the love of God and that our faith in Him and His understanding and His wisdom and His foreknowledge, all of that, is the only place that there's anything of value. Amen? And so, <clears throat> who was, was able to say, though He slay me, yet will I love Him. And that's the kind of faith that endures, that works. It is a faith in God and not a faith in faith. Particularly not a faith in your... Thank you, Tommy. Particularly not a faith in your faith. <laughs> right? And so we continue to walk this road that we don't fully understand. It's not fully clear. But the things we know, we know, and we adhere to, and we practice, even though it doesn't look like always we don't see, perhaps, the outcome that we expect. But we remain expectant. This, this, this subject is huge, and there's no way that I can cover it in the next 15 minutes. I mean, there's no way. In fact, I've been trying to cover this subject for probably 50 years. <laughs> and I still don't get it entirely. You know what I'm saying? But I do understand that He is faithful and trustworthy and true. 
steadfast, immovable, right? No shadow of turning, right? This is our God. And He's not afraid of our questions. When you read the Psalms, you see how much David, <laughs> you know, it's like, God, you know, what's up? But you know, by the end of every Psalm, it's like, where else do I turn? You are faithful. You are true. You are awesome. You're amazing, right? You, I, I trust you with my whole life. All that I am, I <laughs> lay me down. Worship you. So we're going to look at the James scripture that is actually on your bulletin, the face of your bulletin. We're going to start back a little farther in that. If you know much about the book of James, <clears throat> I mean, even if you know just a little bit, if you just read it a couple of times. He talks a lot about the practical behavior of a Christian and, and what, what the grace in our lives produces in, in an outward uh, expression of that faith that we have. Uh, things like controlling the tongue. <laughs> he just goes right. How do you treat? How do you treat people? You know, how do you treat money? How do you honor people and that kind of thing? There, there's just a lot in James about the practical outworking of of grace. In fact, he makes a bold statement uh, in in the King James: "It's grace without works is dead." You know. Faith without works. Sorry. <laughs> Faith and grace go hand in hand. <laughs> it's like, you know, if there's no resultant effect, then maybe you need to look at it and see if you, in fact, have responded to His grace. But anyway, so following that, this is in the fifth chapter of James, uh, starting with verse 7. And there, there's so much we could have gone into, but I just want to kind of lay the groundwork a little bit. And if we can understand uh, tying this whole physical healing thing to a gift from God. You know, as we talked about the gifts before, that this is it's, it's a, a grace, a gift from God. And therefore, this to me helps... <clears throat> Helps me establish my posture to respond to these truths. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine yourself praying for healing sometimes? And sometimes it's difficult to be patient because there's a loved one on the line. There's a, there's a 21-year-old boy. His life is in the balance. It's difficult to maintain patience when our emotions are running high, when, when it seems like our world is falling apart, and the healing of a loved one may make all the difference. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Watch this. This is a great illustration. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil. Being patient about it until it gets the early and late rains. Right? It's like you can't hurry up a tomato. 
And you really can't hurry up God. So we pray for you too. Be patient. Strengthen your hearts. For the coming of the Lord is near. And how many years ago was that? Yeah. About 2,000. The coming of the Lord is near. Be patient. Strengthen your hearts. You strengthen your hearts because sometimes our hearts are just so distraught, so weak, so hurt, in such pain because of the things we're dealing with. And we're asking a gift from the Lord to help change that situation so our hearts will change. But he's saying, you strengthen your hearts. And we can only do that by faith in the Lord. Facing what we're facing unless we choose to have faith in God. Our hearts will not be strengthened, but they can be strengthened. Because he is faithful. Who will also do it. Amen. So in the midst of whatever it is, waiting to see the fruit, we strengthen our hearts by being patient and trusting on Him. Do not complain, brethren, against one another, so that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge, the judge, the capital J-U-D-G-E, is standing right at the door. So we can talk about each other, and it does, but it just tears things down. If we want to be in the right place, if we want to have the right posture, then we're patient. We're strengthening our hearts. We're trusting in the Lord, no matter what the outcome. We do not complain against one another. Because really, really, if you think about it, what we're really doing when we complain against each other is complain about God. But we're scared skinny to complain about God face to face. And so we just complain about each other because that's the way we get around it. But the main man <laughs> is standing at the door. As an example, brethren, of suffering and patience. Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. So James here is trying to build the faith of the people because he's a big faith guy. He's a faith and works guy. He's, a, he's, he's got the perfect understanding and balance, and that's why it's included in the Scripture, I believe. It almost wasn't. Um, just saying. <laughs> it was canonized. But yeah, um, you have heard the endurance of Job. The, com- the Lord is full of compassion. And no matter what, we trust him. I've heard people complain about some of the, the prayers of people, uh, particularly for a situation like healing or something like that. And somebody will end with, with you know, but Lord, your will be done. We're asking that your will be done. Honestly, and, and, and I hear people say, you shouldn't say that. Because he's already, you already understand from Scripture that God is for healing, right? I think it's very wise to say your will be done. 
Because first of all, it says that I'm not telling you, God, what to do. This is my heart. This is what I would like to see. This is what I believe your scripture says. This is the way I understand your heart, that you're full of compassion and you're merciful, right? But nevertheless, I submit myself wholly to you. Even my prayer, I submit to you. Even the outcome, I submit to you. Many of you are remembering instances in your lives, and that's good. So if you're praying with me or something like that, I don't mind if you say, your will be done. I don't mind that. It's not a cop-out. Some people say, oh, that's just a cop-out because you don't have faith. Baloney. That is just submitting to the sovereignty of God, our Creator. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But you're not speaking in faith. Baloney. You're speaking in faith and submission. There's nothing wrong with that. Believing. Well, how can you say you're believing if you, if you just, like, put the qualifying statement at the end? It doesn't say that you don't believe. It says you believe to the point that you believe that God will do the best thing. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or any other oath. But, and, and, and you know, I'm thinking, well, James, why did you put this in here? But your yes is to be yes, and your no is to be no. There is no fantasy world that you've created. It is what it is. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under Judgment, And I'm going to read that in the message. It's just, it's just helpful. And since you know that he cares, let your language show it. Let me read that again. And since you know that he cares, let your language show it. Don't add words like, I swear to God. <laughs> to your own words. Don't show your impatience by... Con- Concocting oaths to hurry up God. Is this not amazing? Just say yes or no. Just say what is true. That way your language can't be used against you. Is that not good? All right, continuing in New Record Standard, verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Now, here comes the gifts. Here comes the straight up gifts. First, he says... How, how our posture needs to be, you know, how we need to posture ourselves, better way I say that. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Pray. If you're suffering, pray. And everybody's prayer is going to sound different in the midst of suffering. It will. Sometimes it's cry out. And they have, I've seen books on crying out. There's, um, you know... And some will be like total submission and very humble. Some will be loud and some will be very quiet. You know, it's even like when we pray for healing for somebody. Some people are like, you know, and some people are just like, Lord, just thank you so much. You know, and it's not neither one is like right or wrong. 
necessarily. It's just who we are. But the thing is, this is a, is a prayer of faith, right? Um, so, okay. <laughs> I just did that. Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He's to sing praises. Yeah. Doing hallelujah. Right. And sometimes you may be doing both. And that's okay. Is any among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church. And they are to pray over him. Anointing him with oil. We are to do this. And folks, please don't wait for the elders to have some divine revelation or a dream that you're sick. Please don't do that. Because it says, if you're sick, you must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him. We do not deny that. We can't deny that. We have to walk in that. And it's okay. That's why we give opportunity after every gathering to say, hey, if anybody needs some prayer, please come up. And it's our duty as elders or people of faith to join in and pray. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Very critical. In the name of the Lord. In the character of the Lord. In the authority of the Lord. The name has a lot to do with a lot. You sent an ambassador out back in the day, and you had a seal on the letter or whatever that was to be delivered, and it had the name of the king or the, or the person, right? The name, and it, had, it, it represented everything about the one who sent the ambassador. So we're his ambassadors, and we're sent, and it is in his name, by his stripes, by his authority, by his power. By his love and mercy. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith, or the prayer of faith, will restore the one who is sick. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Isn't it good? Will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Oh, yeah. And if he has committed sins... This is just a little extra, you know, a little serendipitous offer here. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. That's good, isn't it? Why wouldn't we exercise that? Why wouldn't we walk in that? Even though sometimes it's hard. And like the girl on the video, we don't know. But we continue to do what's been instructed us and make those opportunities available, right? Because sometimes there's a Ron. Amen? And we rejoice. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. 
And this is total. This is emotional, psychological, right? Spiritual. Very good. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And where does our righteousness come from? Christ. So if you're a believer, guess what? You qualify. Are you with me? Just make it effective, right? The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much or availeth much in the King James. Elijah, and this is just an example James gives us, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Don't put him on his pedestal. That's way too far from which to fall. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. And then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. And then I'm going to switch over to the message from 19 and 20. My dear friends, if you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. Go after them. Get them back, and you will have rescued precious lives from destruction and prevented an epidemic of wandering away from God. Yeah. And that gets great in the message. So to sum it up, God has given us a, an amazing gift in physical healing. Spiritual healing, emotional healing, psychological healing, soul, healing of the soul, Right? I mean, God's in the soul-saving business. It doesn't always work the way we would like it to work. Right? Is that true? But we do not stop because our God is faithful. He's compassionate and merciful. And He will do it His way. Will we trust Him? Will we trust Him and continue to invest the way He's asked us to invest, to pray the way he's asked us to pray. Have faith in God, not faith in faith. Trust him. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. Lord, we thank you that we can live in reality and not fairy tale but that we can trust you to do what you say your way always. Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate the great gift of God to the world.